Welcome back to View from the Sofa. It's just me. There's no Jamie, but he'll be back at six for a full review of today's test match. We have a very, very special guest on today. England Barmy Army legend, Rob Lewis, a.k.a. Randy Caddick. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for coming on today. No problem. Nice to meet you, Hector. Nice to meet you. So, first of all, you've been out in Sri Lanka for, I think, close to a year now. Uh, how is it out there, sort of, coronavirus-wise? I know it's not very great in here, but I think it's almost normal out there. Yeah, it is, it is pretty normal. Like, um, when I first got here, there was um, about two months' worth of lockdowns. It was very heavy in Colombo. They had curfews in the south where I was. Then after that, um, I mean, life pretty much returns to normal. Wearing a mask out is kind of... You don't even need to, but it's kind of um, frowned upon if you don't. But that isn't a problem. Um, and then getting your temperature checked when you go into, like, any establishments... But it, it's really, um, it's really not a big issue here. Like they dealt with it superbly, and uh, feeling pretty blessed comparing, comparing my situation with say back in the UK. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been pretty lucky. Yeah, it must be quite nice out there. I, I know we're recording it at four thirty here, but I'm not sure exactly what the time difference is. But it must be quite late out there. What's the time? Uh, it's it's ten in the evening, but um, I'm still very much awake, so it's all good. <laughs> That's good. I think you've got. Uh, sort of part-time DJ job, I think, I've seen on your Instagram. Are there? Uh, yeah, what um, did you do out there? Well, I started to learn to DJ out here. It's something I always wanted to do. And um, after the, corona, the, the curfew lifted, um, some matey that I'd met had like a little DJ controller and was DJing a part. And he said, oh, do you want to have a little go? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And um, it kind of went from there. Like, then we just started messing around and practicing. And then we did a few more parties. Then like, he left, I ended up buying my, my own DJ controller and I've just carried it on um, and ended up, yeah, like eventually getting a few gigs at bars. And I mean, that's how my DJ name came about because they were like, what's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your DJ name? And I'm like, well, some people have called me DJ Cricket, but I thought that was pretty, um, <laughs> well, that was a bit, bit obvious. So, um, so yeah, I got me and my friend just, just threw a few names into a hat that were cricket themed and uh, I all popped Randy Caddick. <laughs> It was, it was pretty unanimous, so that was the uh, that was the funniest. So we went with that. Yeah, that must be amazing to do that out there. And you're sort of you're a national treasure back here in England now, and we all. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think it is. I think that is true now. Uh, and we all saw you on TV last month during the to, the Sri Lanka tour. There were two test matches, both in Gaul, and um, it was amazing to watch you sing Jerusalem from the top of the fort. Can you just take us through how you got there and what you did on top of the fort? Um, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, to be honest, mate, it's, it's all pretty surreal. So when I'm, when I stayed here, when I decided to stay here, um, like it wasn't long before I thought there were, there were rumours that England would come back the following January. And it popped into my head, it'd be funny if I stayed this whole time and waited for them to get back. It was just kind of a passing stupid thought. And then it, and then it just kind of was, it kind of just played out that way. And then I started having thoughts about, okay, well, on the day, I could be like the only England fan here singing Jerusalem. And then I was like, well, that's not going to happen because there's still expats here. There's still people going to come and see the game and people would join in and sing with me. But then as it got nearer the game, we found out that it was behind closed doors. Um, I wasn't even going to get it into the grounds. But then we thought we are going to be able to watch from the fort, the safety of the fort. And then the, the two days before, we're like, the fort is going to be closed. We're like, oh, well, this is, this is just ridiculous. So on the morning of the first day, 
me and my friend Tom went up there armed with these huge banners that I got printed out. It took us two hours to hang three banners. They were five oh, meters wow. by three meters. It was it was some effort. Like they were, they were huge. It was it was a much bigger job than I had anticipated. Yeah. If I had to do it again, I'd, I'd probably get smaller banners. But like it was, it was quite proud. So spent all that time doing it, and then um, <clears throat> and then the, the game started, and I was like. Oh my god! It, it dawned on me very late that it is actually just going to be me singing Jerusalem on my own, um, and it was it was pretty nervous. Like I don't know, like I've always been in crowds, and like you don't have to worry about anything like that. Like someone else will start the song. If you forget the words, you can just kind of pick up whenever. But the crowd together will sing the whole song in its full format. But it was like all on me. It was like this is this is so messed up. So I was like, oh, just like just trying to remember the words. I was also, because I was on the four, I'm like 50 yards away from the boundary and then another 50 yards away from the pitch. I'm like, are they even going to hear me? So this yeah. is why I say it's so bad because I ended up shouting it. I was like, <laughs> I didn't really know how to check my voice. And, yeah. um, so I ended up shouting it. It, was, it ended up like sounding pretty terrible and I almost got the words wrong, but I managed to kind of bumble my way through. And then... um, um. It was the most like then straight away the police come and chuck me off and they chop the banners down so it was all a bit of a blur um and it really didn't it didn't quite dawn on me until like um a few maybe an hour or two later like how kind of special that moment was um <clears throat> so i posted the video on twitter and it got like a stupid amount of views um and it was incredible and then and then after obviously the the second day i couldn't get up there but the third day onwards i could i managed to get permission and every morning I was like, it was, this is my duty, it's my it's the duty yeah. for my country to be up there, no matter what hungover state I'm in, to sing Jerusalem. And it was all pretty unnatural to me. I'm not really one to start singing a song on my own. So I had to force myself to sing it. But I was like, just trying to enjoy the moment. And it was magic, honestly, mate. It was it was, it was was just incredible. It was like something, not in like my wildest dreams, I thought, whatever happened. I'm not sure like it would be, may ever happen again. Like it's just, it's just, it's just absolutely bananas the way it pounded out and the set and the circumstances led to led to that moment. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing to watch it. And so after the test matches, I think Joe Root gave you a personal call, and that was that was amazing. I think that England Instagram filmed it, so we all saw it. And how, how was it? How, did you speak to him for a long time, or what, what was he saying on that call? It was. Um, yeah, it was about a five ten minute call. Um, oh wow! Yeah, you, you can see. I mean, they they <coughs> they put um, subtitles for what he was saying. He was just saying thank you, lads, appreciate it, blah blah. But yeah. I was also straight away back to him saying like, oh, thanks for coming up because he walked all the way over to the outside of the pitch to give me a call. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well done on your <laughs> well done your century uh, on your double hundred. I missed your century, but so thanks for getting a double ton and give me a chance to get out there and, and salute you. Um, I think you were just both like thanking each other for yeah. doing it. Yeah. Do you think after? Yeah. Do you think after the lockdown you'll probably go for a beer with a few of the England players, or you, you could be like the special Barmy Army fan for every single tour in Sri Lanka for the next few years now? That'd be pretty <laughs> um, amazing. It would be. It would be really nice. Like I was speaking to people and be like, at the end of the test, it'd be nice to go for a few beers. But I'm also not unhappy that I haven't been able to because that is a, this is a situation I would not have experienced what I experienced if I couldn't go for a beer with them after the game 
Does that yeah. make sense? Because yeah. if, if I could, then there would have been others watching with me. It wouldn't have been such, it wouldn't have been what it was. So that was something I would obviously have to sacrifice and I would not change it for the world. But obviously it would be nice if I get the chance to have a have a beer with one or two of the lads. Yeah, Yeah, sure. definitely. And you're not going to be famous when you go back to England, so that would be pretty cool as well. And so if we go on to today's test match, so... Every test match this winter, you've given a Randy's report on your Instagram, which everyone's loved following and watching what's <laughs> happened. Uh, I think you'll have a lot to say about this test match because it's been an absolute stinker for England. Uh, but just first of all, what have we just witnessed in this second day? Um, I'm, I'm like, I mean, it's later, so I'm going to have to do it pretty soon. But I'm, I'm, I really honestly don't know what to say. It's, it's, just, it's just a write-off. There is really no way to... I mean... There's so much you can. I mean, I talk about I talked about application in the last test because the pitch was difficult. Yeah. But I never expected this pitch to be worse. And obviously, England didn't. They picked so many seamers. It was almost. It's just like a farce. We picked so many seamers for a pitch that turns even more than the last one. Yeah. It does. It's just. It's just ridiculous. I don't mean. I don't know what intel they had. It's insane. I mean, it's just. It's a complete write-off. It's been a circus. I mean, how can you go into too much analysis? There's just no point. There's absolutely yeah. no point. It's not. Um, I mean, it was fun in one aspect. I guess for the neutral, it'll be fun, but it's it's meant to be a five day test. Like it's just it's that's not test cricket. That's mm. it's a shambles. Yeah, it must, shambles. yeah, it must have broken a few records for like shortest test match or something, or most wickets in one day or something like that. Uh, and so there's been a lot of speculation about the pitch. I know we there's not much to analyse, but if there's anything to analyse, it is the pitch. We've all these critting measures, like Michael Vaughan basically just said it was absolute SH1 tier on his Instagram. Uh, he said that um, a test match wicket is meant to last five days. It only lasted two days. I mean, it probably only lasted one session. But how, how is it that a pitch can go from being pretty decent in Chennai to being absolutely, well, I mean, could be just said awful in armed bed? Um, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm really not the person to be asking this. It's just... Um... <laughs> I mean, I get, I get, I mean, I said at one of the Chennai games, I was like, the pitch is like useless. But then people come back saying, you're in India, they're going to be turning pitches. And it's like, yeah, that's fair enough, fair argument. They have turning pitches, we have seeming wickets, that's fine. But this is too far the other way. This is, this is too far. Like, obviously, cricket's a balanced game. You need a, need a balance between bat and ball. And this is too far. Yeah. Overbalanced towards the towards the bowlers. It's a bit like say like um, T Twenty cricket or even that the useless T Ten cricket. It's always like a batsman thing, basically. When it's it's not quite it's not it's not a nice balance. And that's not that's what's not enjoyable. And this is just it's so far in, in the bowlers' favour. I mean, it must be terrible. Mad. Like some bat, you can see the batsmen don't know what to do. They don't know whether to like try and dig in or they're like, well, we're going to get out, so I'm going to try and swing the bat. And it's just not. It's just. It's just. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I. I mean, we say that sort of. Well, I mean, of course, the spinners have dominated this whole series. But we say that I, I had a stand. In the first innings, nine of the wickets fell to spin, and six of them, they were just playing where there wasn't any spin. Six of the wickets in the first innings were to balls that didn't spin at all. So you could argue that England didn't bat. I mean, they batted pretty awfully, but also with the spinning wicket. But I was just wondering. There must have been some kind of mis miscommunication when they were picking the teams because India went for three spinners and we only went for one spinner. And it's amazing how um, 
two teams can choose different bowlers, basically. Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd love to know how that happens. <laughs> I, really, I really would. I think, I don't know, someone must be on a wind-up and uh, England have... Um, England have fell for it. I think I really do not know, but yeah, it's just uh, it's just been a bit of a, it's just been a bit of a joke. Everything the whole way it's panned out. So um, yeah, it's just it's, it's very disappointing. I mean, if you if you lose, you like to like hold your hands up and say India are the better team, which in a way they kind of have been. But there's so much there shouldn't be this much focus on the pitch. Like really, it's just um, it's just not. It's basically everyone everyone. That's watched it, even from home, has felt shortchanged. And that's yeah. not what you want to go away from watching any sport thinking. Yeah, it's disappointing for the fans, but it's also must be very disappointing for Channel 4 because they must have spent a lot of money on the rights to this test match for five oh, days and they've only got two days. Yeah, I can imagine the big cheeses in the meeting rooms now just yeah. smashing, smashing the meeting room tables up and throwing the chairs out the windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I think it's too depressing to go into a lot of detail about it now. Well, I mean, of course we can in a few weeks, but I think it hurts too much right now to talk about it a lot. But so if we go on to the so back in Sri Lanka, there were two test matches. Both of those test matches, Joe Root just played amazingly well. I mean, I don't know what happened there. He just batted amazingly. He did a lot of sweep shots and he got a couple of double hundreds. I think. I mean, I know he got one, but and he got one eighty. But I think he got a couple of double hundreds. You you watched it live, as we've said. What was it like just to watch Joe Root just dismantle that Sri Lankan bowling attack? Um, it was it was magic. It really was. Um, just just um, just the complete band performance. The double turn he barely gave a chance away. Yeah. He was in complete control. He was playing the spin with consummate ease and then to follow that up with a um with a hundred i mean i mean i think what did you get 180 190 and i was like this isn't gonna happen again another <laughs> and unfortunately he got run he got run out because he had he had cramp oh yeah he cramp and he's he just came out of his crease like he would have got back if that was like earlier in his innings but you can't really you can't really blame him it was a bit of a quick bit of fielding anyway but yeah i mean just he just he was just um Playing, it was like he was playing on another pitch. Because that wasn't a great pitch. He was playing on another pitch. He was, it was just a cut above, a uh, master for winnings, and just to be there and for him to turn around and salute me, <laughs> yeah, was, um, was something I'll obviously treasure forever. I mean, I, whenever I'm uh, having a bad day, I'll just I'll just watch that video and I'll be uh, I'll be cheered up in an instant. Mm. Uh, so I think England have had a lot of trouble against the left arm spin in the subcontinent. I think they've. Play quite well against the Seamus, but when it comes to left arm spin, like we saw in Sri Lanka, it was Embal Dinya who just ripped apart our batting eye up here. It's Axel Patel. Uh, do you think that there's any way possible? I mean, I'm not sure like the technicality of it, but if you were to change it any way that they approach, like would you go more attacking to the left arm spin or would you just play a balanced game or would you attack? Mm. Good question. Um, I mean, I mean, we're we're not exactly renowned for playing spin. Very well. I mean, we've had a lot of teams that have just crumbled in <clears throat> in Asia before. Um, if I mean, if anything, we've got players now with better, the better ability of playing spin than we ever had. Yet the results are 
uh, Sri Lanka aside, just in India, like the results are the same. We are struggling to play spin. We are really, really struggling. And um, we also have to give good credit uh, credit to Ashwin and yeah. uh, Zara. They are bowling supremely well. So obviously that doesn't make um, life any easier for us. Um, but in terms um, of how we go about things, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. You kind of... it's. I mean, are things that bad that we need to go back to basics, or are we playing with uh, under a bit of, under a bit of pressure? So I don't know. They're not playing the the usual natural game. I don't know if there's any psychological thing behind it. Um, it's I think I think it's I think it's um, <clears throat> down to the batsmen individually to kind of mentally prepare themselves. We know they've all got it. We know like Sibley can bat. We know Crawley can bat. Uh, like we know Pope can bat, and obviously the big dogs, um, Stokes and Root, obviously. But um, but we we have the players to do it. They just they just need to apply themselves, and um, it would be nice to see some sort of response in the next test. It really would be nice to see some sort of fighting spirit. I know some of them have been going out just flaying the bat because thinking they're going to get out at some point because of the pitch. Yeah. But um. I mean, there was still a couple of 50s in the game. Crawley batted magnificently up until the point he was out in the first innings. Rohit got a 50 and plied himself superbly. So, I mean, there was some runs on this pitch. But, um, yeah, I mean, we just want to see we want to see a bit of fight in that occasion. We don't want to see our players throwing their wickets away. Um, so, um, we'll have to see how the last test goes. Uh, we're just in a bit of a funny situation because we'd obviously like to fight back and win and secure the draw, but that was in the Aussies through to the final. But yeah. I think we need to we need to we need to ignore that and just concentrate on our game. That's something we can't control. So uh, let's just hope. Let's just hope it goes on for a bit more than two days. <laughs> that's, um, that's insane. Yeah, and um, uh, would you be making any changes to your team? Just because I know they took Burns out, which I found was quite controversial, and Besto came in for uh, Lens. Yeah, I don't understand why Bairstow had a rest when he did because he was in good nick. So they brought him back on a terrible pitch, which obviously that they didn't know it was going to be that bad. So he's he's gone from very confident to shot, um, probably through no fault of his own. Um, uh, so uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this rotation policy. Neither. No. I think you need to play your, your strongest team. I can understand rotating James Anderson and potentially Stuart Broad. Because they're um, they're getting on a bit, that's fine. But rotating players that are young enough and fit enough um, to play every week is I just I don't agree with. And it's I I think it's when you're winning, they can get away with it and nothing will be said. But this was always going to come home to roost at some point when things go badly. Um, they're going to just start looking at the rotation policy, and that's exactly what they're doing now. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know how I'd, I'd change things up because I'll put um, I'll put Tom Best back in. That's yeah, I think he's got to come back in. He's been. I think it was very harsh to leave him out. I think he's been doing. He was being pretty. He was pretty consistent. And even when he wasn't playing well, he was actually getting uh, getting pretty good figures. So um, I'd like to see Tom Best Best back, but. Um, the rest. I mean, I'm 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 not one that really goes into it. I just support whoever goes out there. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, let's hope uh, we get a bit of consistency and a bit of logic behind our rotational because at the minute it's a bit it's a bit all over the shop. Yeah. Well, well, I'd be a fan of putting Burns in 
taking Bairstow out and putting Crawley at three, maybe. But uh, so if we look to the fourth test, they're two, India 2-1, two, there's no chance for us to get into that Test Match Championship final. Uh, it's not going to be a day-nighter, so the pitch may be a bit different. But, uh, I mean, what, what would your predictions be for that fourth test, judging from the <laughs> form? It's quite hard to tell. Um, I mean, my heart, my heart says England are gonna, uh, we, <clears throat> we're gonna fight back and um, we'll put another performance out like the first test. But my head <laughs> says something completely different, and I don't think we'll see too much change from uh, the last two tests, unfortunately. But um, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think we've got to accept that this tour hasn't been great. The flank tour is amazing. We did win our first test, which was pretty good. But then I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing the tour in England when India comes to England next summer. That'll be quite interesting to see in those conditions. Uh, it would. It'd be nice if it'd be nice if the fans are there as well to see it. Yeah, that would be very nice. Uh, so finally, so you're out in Gaul now. How, how long are you intending on staying out there for? I'm, I'm, you well, may not be able to answer it. But. Uh, no, I'm kind of just sitting tight for the minute. Um, you can, it's not. It's still not the time to be making plans. Obviously, I thought I'd just come home after the cricket, but the UK's still in lockdown. Yeah. So not. It wouldn't be quite sensible to give up uh, the freedom I have here just to go home and sit in my house and not even be able to see anyone who I'm going to come home and see. So just sitting tight for the minute, and when the time comes that seems sensible and appropriate to uh, return, then then I will. So I'm kind of imagining not not for a couple of months yet still. Yeah, and, and as soon as the season starts again in England, do you reckon you'll be back for for the first game that we're allowed to watch? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, Edgebaston sent me a message saying they'll give me a complimentary ticket to, um, I think it's the New Zealand test at home, so I'm looking forward oh, to that. And it'll be good to... Um, so I've made, made quite a few friends um, with, the, with the folk of the Barmy Army. It'll be nice to meet them in person. Um so yeah, I'll try and get to I'll try and get to a few games when I get back. Um, and nice to nice to see a few people I've talked to, but never met in person and have a beer and and, uh, and chat about how everything unfolded. Yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Awesome. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. It's been amazing, and I hope that you enjoy staying out in Sri Lanka for as long as you can from now on. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a yeah. pleasure.